Carl here from Games Brains and Headbanging Life with another episode of The Dead Pit, and it's my pleasure to be sitting here talking with Brazen Ball. Now, guys, introduce yourselves because there's a lot of you. <laughs> Who wants to start? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, anyone take it. <laughs> right, I'll start us. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, uh, my name's oh, oh, Alex. <laughs> Oh, wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, alright. My name's Luke, and I play bass in the band. I'm Hayden, and I play guitar. Uh, what up? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. What up, Alex? I'm the front man. Um, I'm Jordan. I hit things, otherwise known as the drummer. Um, and I'm Charlie, and I'm the other guitarist. <laughs> That's it. There's the band overall. And then starting with you, Charlie. Uh, I'll stop calling it your names to make this a bit easier. First thing first, man, how have you been holding up over the last 12 months? Obviously, you guys are in the UK as well. We ain't been doing spectacular. But you personally, how have you been holding up? Yeah, it's been mainly all right. I mean, I went to uni at the start of September. Um, hasn't really been like the full thing. Um, you know, with all like the clubs and stuff being shut down here, but uh, yeah, it's been alright. Most of it's been online, but yeah, that's been going well. So apart from that, not much really, because I was working through the first lockdown. But yeah, nothing really. Where are you going uni? Um, Water Bear in Brighton. It's oh, a music cool. uni. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, what what are you studying? Uh, just overall musicianship, but sort of like focusing on guitar production, that kind of thing. Yeah, I've heard great things about that place, man. It's a oh, nice. Really banging. Oh, cheers. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. What about yourself then, Jordan? How have you been holding up, man? Uh, just been enjoying the time off, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just, I finished college actually as soon as the pandemic began, so I kind of cut the second year of my two-year course short, but I still managed to get all the work done, and I've just been seeing how everything flows really no not really done much just been looking forward to uh getting back with the guys and playing music really yeah yeah there's not really much else you can actually do that's the yeah thing. no out of your hands yeah no by it by any means it's i've literally just been tapping anything with the old sticks until i can get behind the kit again that's what i've been doing really <laughs> you and everyone else man what about yourself then alex how about you have you been holding up uh I'm alright, man. Um, just kind of working, to be honest. Uh, I was on furlough for like the beginning of of this whole pandemic, which was pretty nice, you know, going for more walks, that sort of stuff. Mm. But yeah, yeah, video games, nothing much really. Yeah. You don't, you're not on furlough anymore. No, no, I'm working. Been working since uh, September. Yeah. Like beginning of September, which is which is nice. But, you know, I kind of like being at home, playing video games too, going for walks. <laughs> I was about to ask, as a person who I, I worked throughout the entire pandemic and, yeah. and even up to this point. So when people went on furlough and you'd get those complaints of people saying they were getting bored and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, for those of us that weren't on furlough, it was a bit like, come on, guys, <laughs> you know, you are still getting to chill out at home. Was oh, I wasn't bored. <laughs> I wasn't bored at all. <laughs> I did a lot of like uh, DIY stuff around oh. my house, so so it kind of kept me busy a bit. Are you any good at it though? That's a big question. Um, you know, I'm learning. <laughs> it's a learning opportunity. 
I did a lot of painting, so. <laughs> when you say painting, do you mean walls or you act, or are you an artist? Uh, not an artist. Uh, that's for my wife, but I'm more. I was just doing like walls and uh, garden fences, that sort of stuff. It's an art form. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Hayden? Well, uh, really, it's been kind of a mix between Jordan and Alex. I uh, currently out of work, and I uh, finished the my last year of college as soon as the pandemic began. So it's been a rather. It was already a hard transition period going from education to it to uh, employment, but this has kind of made it one massive long mess, to be honest. Mm. Currently not working at all and just doing nothing really, but not bored at least. It's good that you're not bored. Have you been, have you been job searching? Are you looking around, that kind of thing? It's just really, because of my current living situation and having been in the process of learning to drive, but not being able to take any more lessons at the moment or do any tests, it's really limited the search. So, yeah. As long as you're positive, dude, that's good enough. Uh, Luke and yourself, last one. Um, pretty much most of the first lockdown was just playing Call of Duty. <laughs> just literally played that for months on end, then kind of got a job in the summer. And then in September, I went to university and it's just been constant work since then. Oh, wow. So you've been really keeping busy. <laughs> yeah. i got to ask, which Call of Duty? Uh, so I'm at Warwick University studying physics. Yeah. Oh, Call of Duty. I thought you said college with uni. Like, oh, <laughs> no, I that makes me feel so stupid. <laughs> uh, no, and the first time it was Warzone, but now it's Cold War. Oh, okay, so you're up to date with that stuff then. Yeah. <laughs> I still play Warzone. I mean, I switch between both, but yeah. That was just Luke's way of letting you know he does physics. <laughs> I, think it yeah. somewhere. I just assumed because like you asked Charlie, I thought that's what it's going to be, but no. Nah. All right. <laughs> well, now you've mentioned it. What what made you choose physics? Where does that interest come from? I kind of just like over like watch documentaries now and then with my dad, and it's kind of like at school I was kind of good at it. And I mean, I thought, you know what, I could try and pull off a Brian May, but <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what's the, I guess I could ask them what would be the long term plan of that? Like, what what would be the job? I, I'm not up on the physics side of things. What kind of job would you be looking to get after that? I don't know. I mean, ideally, okay. I would like to be a musician. But yeah, I was about to say, provided the whole rock star thing doesn't take off and yeah, you become rock, a million rock, selling. Rock star doesn't go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know actually, because like you can go to like many different areas, but I really like Formula One, so I might try and go down that route. Oh shit, yeah, wow, of course, it's so heavily part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, guys, we're going to go back around the room then, and it's basically about positivity, because talking to everyone giving you answers here and saying how you've been holding up, you've all come across like it's been pretty positive for the most part. So starting with you, Charlie, how have you been able to keep in a positive mindset? And also, any advice for those who maybe do struggle at this time, particularly when we're at that light at the end of the tunnel period that we seem to maybe be in now? Any advice that you could possibly, I don't know, give over that you could share? I mean, it's just kind of like, I think a lot of the way that I stayed was just like distracting myself. So like stuff like writing music, books, video games, um, and stuff like that. That was big help, just being able to, I don't know, just always looking forward trying not to mull on any like 
uh, setbacks or something like that. I should probably take this advice myself, but <laughs> don't. But <laughs> um, I'm better at giving advice. But um, yeah, just sort of like not mulling on like all the little things. Just kind of just looking forward, and just thinking, you know, like in what three months time, it ain't gonna be like this. Just kind of uh, just looking like that, really. I think. <laughs> can help we can help we yourself jordan uh i've literally just been trying to distract myself with music whether it be listening to it being inspired by it trying different drumming techniques just listening to as many pl- players and 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 mu- musical legends as, as i could really do to try and change up my style and really get my own my own sort of playing style and it's i hope it's gonna show when we go back into the rehearsal room. Hopefully it will. That's what's pretty much been, been keeping me positive over the past couple of months, however long it's been. It feels like years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna then follow that up by asking you, like, how, what's your, how are you able to judge when you're just trying to train yourself to drum at home and you've not really got the rest of the band to bounce off? Hmm. How are you able to kind of go, okay, I think I've learned this technique or I've improved here and so on. Or is it just a matter of waiting to see what everyone else thinks? Um, well, um, at the moment I'm not I'm not at I'm not at my normal home, um, but at home I have a um, a, a fully fledged ele- electric kit. Mm. So it's it's let's say if I hear something on say a song, I think oh oh that sounds kind of interesting. I'll then go on the kit and then try to recreate it the best I can, and 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 I just keep on working at that and see if I can hopefully work into either a live version of one of our songs or perhaps a new one that perhaps Charlie sent over or something like that. Just trying to really improve myself and up my game, really, because of course there's always room for improvement, especially when you're a musician. Yeah, in theory, you never stop learning. Very true, very true. Alex, positivity man, how you been holding it? Um, You know, I'm pretty good actually. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed the lockdown. I'm a prior serviceman, I'm a, so I was, I'm a veteran. So I kind of already embrace the suck, I guess, is a good advice for everybody. Just, you know, just take it, <laughs> go with it, take it day by day um, and go for walks. I say go for walks a lot. I, we I live near like Thetford Forest so, and just go take a short uh, drive, go take a walk with the, with the wife. And yeah, and like the other guy said, keep yourself distracted, yeah. Yeah. But embrace the suck. That's the biggest thing. Embrace the suck. Aiden. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been the, one or two hobbies which has just been uh, keeping me going. And, you know, it's really very important to try and keep something which makes you get up in the morning, you know. When you lose that reason to get up, it's just so easy to, for the day to just fall apart and roll into the next one and the next one. And it just, you really lose your ambition and your motivation that way. Mm. Routines, people say, right, that routines are super important, even if you're not doing anything at home. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, finally, Luke. Uh, yeah, just keeping yourself busy. Like, I mean, like I said earlier, like, played loads of Call of Duty, so I was like, be able to talk to my friends. Whereas, like, like some people who don't do gaming, like, they rarely spoke to people where I was like, I was constantly talking to people every day. Mm. And because obviously like with COD, you're just grinding and you're trying to get to like an ability where 
can get like a couple of wins a day and stuff like that. So we literally that's all we were doing. I think the overarching message coming across from all of you guys is basically keep busy, have some form of hobby and keep busy. If you've got uh, something to work on, be it music, painting, writing, crack on basically as much as possible. Yeah. Pretty much, yep. yeah. I definitely say. So then, first nomination, guys. Considering there's five of you, I presume you're all going to take one each. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, sure. So literally anything you want from the worlds of video games, horror movies, and heavy metal and rock. Those three categories, because they are the three main categories we cover on the website and channel. Uh, something that grinds your gears, something you'd happily see the back of. We will be inserting zombie noises into the uh, video at the certain point when you need it. So who wants to take nomination one? Uh, I guess I will. <laughs> Yeah, don't all rush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was it again? Something that we would like to change? Yeah, well, something you'd like to get rid of, effectively. Something that grinds your gears, has always bugged you, and you just want to kind of see the back of. Uh, so with video games, mm. I'd say unfinished games. Okay, the regular but, thing these days, yeah, right? Yeah, it is so annoying. It's like, I got Cyberpunk when it came out. Of course. So we'll use that as the example. and. Man, what a disappointment! <laughs> like, I, I have some, I have a friend who's who has it on the PS4 as well, and he liked it. But it, what gets me is just the frame rates, and I, I'll, I'll let some of like the funny stuff go because it is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But what gets me is like the frame rates and just how unfinished it feels. So, what um, what system did you play it on? I have it on PS4. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So like the whole unfinished game thing is pretty much the standard these days. It seems to be yeah. like punch it out and then you'll patch it later. What yeah, about, I don't like that. <laughs> what about in, say, for example, something like the Final Fantasy VII Remake? Well, not unfinished. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was split up and it's only yep. one part of a game. How does that uh, sit with you? Well, I actually love that one. Yeah? Because I haven't played a JRPG in a long time, so I really enjoyed playing that. Uh, the way that they split it up, I guess, you know, I'm okay with that because they're adding more stuff to it than what was originally in it. So I, basically what the uh, creators said is that they had like a huge vision with the original one, but they couldn't put, put all of it in it. So now they're putting all of it in it. So I'm okay with that. What, what I mean is just like buggy games, that mm. kind of stuff, like uh, texture, clipping, that kind of stuff that just breaks a game. Well, there's no better example, as you said, as of right now, than Cyberpunk, one of the yeah. most, I mean, hyped games for for a few years. The hype surrounding it almost seemed inevitable that it couldn't live up to it. And I guess, yeah, yeah even with even with if you don't take the bugs into account, it's a shame that that's probably going to be its legacy. Because by t uh, say a couple of years down the line, it's been patched to perfection. Mm -hmm. It's 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 damage is done, right? Like a No Man's Sky. Yeah, kind of like situation of course but I, it, honestly the biggest problem with me is just the frame rates it just feels like sluggish that's it i've not i've not I've, thankfully it was not a game i was particularly interested in and then when uh, it did come out and everyone was slamming it i let a friend talk me into the hype because ah. he's a huge cd project red fan and i did play the witcher 3 so yeah, yeah i fell into it that's my fault <laughs> No, no, it's a great start. It's a great nomination. 100% agree with you on it.
we'll see what the rest of you have in a bit. Right, so guys, let's go back to the start. Now, who want, who, uh, choose whoever wants to really answer this, or you can all have your own input in it. But basically, you got started in 2018, but you, your lineup was solidified in 2020. The question is, what prompted the creation of Brazen Ball uh, and the early development of the band? How did that come about? So who wants to take that one? Charlie? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so basically, um, myself and Lee, because we went to high school together, um, so we just, when we were in GCSEs and towards the end of that, we were just like, hey, should we just do a band together or something? Because we'd been in like different sort of, I'd say bands, they weren't really bands, we were just kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, but then we were like, oh, should we just do something serious? Because we had similar music tastes and stuff. So then... In like 2018, I went to a college audition. That's where I met Jordan. Mm. Um, and then we just all kind of like got in a room one day um, in June. And then we just went through the, oh, yeah, let's do this. Like, this is this is like kind of good stuff. Um, from there, like, we went through different sound changes and like different lineups and stuff like that until we got Hayden and we got Alex in. And now we are who we are today. All right, fellas, the guys that joined a bit later on then, uh, when the what interested you about joining Brazen Ball? Was it simply a matter of, oh, this would be fun, I get to play in a band? Or was there something specific you saw and thought, yeah, this could be quite special for you? Well, uh, oh, sorry, after you. Over, sorry. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I liked what I was hearing because uh, I was already in a, a band prior. Mm. And um, yeah, I... I it's kind of hard where we're at to find like uh, metal bands, I yeah. guess, that aren't like uh, more towards like the deathcore kind of stuff, which is fine. I like that stuff, but I guess I just wanted something different, and that's what these guys were doing. So, so I thought about it, and then I just auditioned. <laughs> okay. What about you? Right. Well, uh, previously I been a founding member of either two or three bands I can't remember now and yeah three bands and it was just it's hard to start a band it's all that groundwork and the foundations getting the connections and everything for the gigs and everything and finding your sound it's difficult and really I didn't have it in me so when these guys an already founded band uh, just uh asked me to join and I was just really happy because you know it's it's fun music and I wanted to have fun and I have that's pretty much it and you know it's got potential it really has more than anything I felt as I've been in before and yeah well as as you said Alex you're a little bit of an anomaly an anomaly I can't that word anomaly <laughs> anomaly in the in the the scene the local scene that we have here um is that kind of what you th is that going to be a kind of calling card what you're kind of going to bank brazen bull on and the fact that as you say there's so much death called death metal uh more aggressive side grind and stuff like that floating around that your style might make you stand out more on certain bills and things like that yeah i think it would i think i mean there's the what the new wave of british heavy metal that's kind of having a resurgence yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it would. Um, I don't want to say people would get fatigued by that the other style of music, because like I said, I love that kind of shit. But
but yeah i guess in a way like when i first discovered these guys it was kind of like a breath of fresh air mm. something different something that you can have fun too no that's so. fair that's fair and going back to the uh earlier uh, earlier group charlie jordan luke um when you were trying to find your sound then what was the experimentation like was it simply a matter of okay this is what we all like inspiration wise and how did you develop into what you are now uh so myself and charlie like charlie had a couple of songs written already and then when we had jordan in the session we kind of just practiced with those a bit kind of did a bit experimenting because like i think one of our biggest influences is iron maiden so we played like a couple of iron maiden covers i mean i remember there'll be times where charlie would just start playing an iron maiden song out of nowhere and then jordan would automatically come in it knowing the drums and, I, and i'm just sat there like i haven't learned the song and then <laughs> So it's kind of always been like, we would just jam and then stuff would be created. Like there'll be times where Jordan would go out with like the previous singer and go and get like a McDonald's or something like that. And me and Charlie would jam and then we'll write a song within like 20 minutes. And then that grew and then, yeah, that's kind of how we jammed before. And then like when we got Hayden on, it's like when we started experimenting with like a second guitarist and mm. it just kind of evolved over time and now it is what it is now and that whole songwriting process so how does that work now with all of you is is that everyone have an input do you float an idea around and everyone just throws their two cents in and when it comes to doing that how do you then filter out what exactly you need I think mostly like our songwriting process now is like, especially because we're like can't see each other and that, because um, like, a lot of it relies on just being in a room together and us just like bouncing off each other. But most of the time, it's like either like you know one of us will send a riff or an idea, like over like a Google Drive thing, and it's like oh like idea, and then just like people work on that and take it from there. Really, are you a uh, democracy? Are you very democratic? We are, yeah, usually. Um, I think a lot of our, uh, there were a couple of songs off the album um, that are quite, that we had uh, votes on, like literally. The, the, it was like the Saturday before we went in the studio and we were having votes on like putting different parts in the songs. Okay, if it, it works, you've got to get there eventually. And uh, the most simple way is often just to put your hand up and say, okay, who's got the majority? There you go. All right, guys, second nomination then one of the remaining four. Who wants to go? Sure, I'll go. Okay, nice one. Um, probably like just the gatekeeping now. That's in like metal especially. But oh, it's like in just the same. Sorry. Yeah, going for like metal and rock, yeah. Go like that. Yeah. But sort of just like the whole gatekeeping aspect of it now. And it's just yeah, it just kind of annoys me a bit. It's just like it's just music just yeah. don't you just 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 have fun like you don't need to be a dick about it just have fun have you what examples have you ever run into where you've have you where you've experienced that perhaps where you've been kind of like i really like this band and whoever you're speaking to is i uh, turned their nose up or started to explain to you why you haven't what yeah you and it's say like, especially like on the internet and like in comment sections when you're like oh I say oh this man's sick and stuff it's like oh no they're not there they're, you know they're shocking because they're not doing this and they're not having it exactly like this it's just like no it's good music and to be honest it's all subjective you know what I like is going to be different to what another person likes it's just going to be 
that just let people live and get on with their life and it doesn't really matter to you <laughs> do you think that kind of attitude changes as you get older I think I'd hope so I'd hope it would be a thing of like I don't know really because a lot of it comes from people that have been in like in the scene for longer so I think they probably think they're more of a more of a hold over more of a say mm. but then in other ways you also get like the newer ones that come in and because it's like this whole new thing they're all overwhelmed it's like oh no you have to be like this you have to be like us kind of thing so I don't know it's hard to say yeah no I get what you're saying um, you know I think almost everybody at one point in their lives maybe even be guilty of it without potentially even meaning to I mean I think back to my youth and I used to be very judgy that people like mm. my, my chemical romance who I think is an awesome band these days but now I'm 36 and I've grown up a little bit that kind of thing you know so they were all kind of guilty of it to a degree yeah definitely when did let's go back to the album then obviously new album out debut album out when did work on this self-titled release start do you remember or has it just been a kind of flowing thing for the last couple of years Thing pretty much a couple of years yeah like like the first um the first single we released for this album angels nails that was the first song we ever jammed because mm. uh, myself jordan and charlie back in june 2018 so it's just been over the years like we kind of wrote songs and then like as alex and hayden came in we did some more songs and it's kind of like we've changed bits we've removed bits like we've had we wrote songs that are not on the album and stuff like that and it's just kind of just been this gradual process and then we kind of said all right we're going to record an album let's do it let's pick the songs that we want to do and then we'll work on those and then we'll get it recorded those early uh those early written tracks compared to the more modern ones in your in your own heads did you see and notice an evolution in your playing style and stuff like that and then did you ever worry that it might come across on the record uh i think yeah like uh, there's definitely a massive change i think between what like because like throughout the whole album i think you see you can tell there was an evolution within the band because there was at the beginning we were more like a hard rock kind of like classic iron maiden kind of style Mm. and then like as we like changed singers like there was a time where we went for like a heavier approach so like in the in the band in the album there's like a heavier song and then like as you get towards the end of it is when we started becoming more like i wouldn't say like punky but there's like there's like elements of punk classic metal heavy metal and all that so it's kind of like we decided that we found more of a sound which involves all the genres that we all really like mm. i think all of our influences has a, a big impact on the on our sound yeah that balance though i mean has that been difficult all those different influences all those different ideas floating around i mean when you listen to the album you are right in regards to the the, the influences and thoughts and ideas that are floating around me personally i couldn't tell what was an early brazen ball track and what was a oh that was written a week ago kind of thing it it i uh, guess that's testament to the production maybe oh thanks yeah um, i think 
if anything, that's probably helped us a bit, just because we have like, all these things like like bands like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, all that, with bands like Slipknot, Old Bridge, Avenged Sevenfold. That kind of mix of early sounds and modern sounds, if you like, put them together. I think that's definitely what we've kind of been going for, as since we started, really. That needs to go in your press pack in future. Influences uh, sounds like Slipknot and Iron Maiden. And uh, just to confuse the hell out of everyone that looks at it. Literally. So, what about the best part of the whole writing and recording process? What was it for you guys? Um, uh, for recording, I kind of just like the uh, just the environment, I guess, because I haven't really. That was kind of like my first time, and mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun doing it and uh raul crane who was who uh produced and recorded it for us was real cool and chill so made it when you have somebody like that it makes it a lot easier to do something new so does that apply to all of you was that your first time in a a professional recording studio environment first time in a professional one yeah but yeah that's awesome what about then the opposite side then? What what kind of difficulties? What was the most difficult part of recording process for you? Really the fact that we were all having to record separately due to the pandemic. So, I mean, I think Charlie was there almost every day or something like that, but otherwise it was just guitars one day, drums the first day, bass and vocals, you know, all separately. And I, think we can agree as a whole band that kind of did take something from it that natural gel we get when we play together mm. which we're wanting to replicate on the next album by hopefully being able to record all together well fingers crossed that will be possible at some point this year it's really interesting because we normally normally when we start talking about the effect that covid and the virus has had on bands in regards to recording new albums we often hear oh no this was written uh two years ago and recorded before or that the changes they had to make they were kind of like okay it's a bit different but we've done the whole group thing and it actually was nice to do something different this time but in your case it's been completely the opposite you've not even had the opportunity to experience the normal way of doing things pretty much yeah all right three people gets to choose the next nomination. Jordan, Luke, Hayden, one of you goes now. I've got one. Yeah, man. This might be a bit controversial, but albums that go on for too long. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. It's it's ridiculous. Trying... Some albums feel feel like feel like they're trying to um, put a double album on one disc. It's ridiculous. And it it just seems like the attention spans of of the audiences. This is this is another person's quote, by the way. This isn't mine, but I kind of agree with it. After a while, kind of the attention span towards it starts to go, and and you start to kind of lose lose focus on it. So just keep it to like a, a certain length, so it goes on for just the right amount. That's what makes the perfect album to me. But but it seems like recently, of course, with Spotify and all that stuff, people just seem to be like making the album as long as possible because they can. 
that's that's just me. <laughs> I'm not going to name any examples, but it just seems to be coming. It just seems to be becoming more and more regular, especially nowadays. But that's just me. No, the timing, the timing you would bring this up is incredible. Is um, you know, daily my review list, and I start going through it. And there's an album coming out in a few weeks' time. I wanted a bad name, and I, my, I almost dropped my phone on the floor because it was over two hours long. <laughs> Seriously, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, and I, you know when you're like, no, this has to be wrong. Maybe this is part like a double album. Maybe they've got some live. No, no, this is just what they wanted to do this time. And I have no idea how I'm going to do it. It's insane. Um, what, what? What then, Jordan? What what is a good length in your eyes? When you look and you think, okay, there's eight, ten tracks. What roughly would you expect to see? Um, in terms of duration, um, well, because I am a vinyl collector. Um, for me, when you look at the classic albums, you think of stuff like Dark Side of the Moon, um, Billion Dollar Babies by by Alice Cooper, um. Number of the Beast I made, and they're all around 40 to 45 minutes long, and that's just about the right amount. Yeah. For me personally. No, I agree again. My wind when you were talking in my head, I was thinking my window is 35 to 45. That's roughly where I like it to be. Yeah. And if that's three tracks or 10 tracks, perfect. Yeah, so be it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. Our album lengths, I totally, totally agree on. <laughs> Finally, someone who agrees with me. Yeah, goodness. Um, right, guys, so the UK scene, right, the underground scene in particular, I don't think there's any denying it's pretty packed. It's pretty popular as well, uh, even though everyone's fighting for the same slice of the pie. It's very difficult to break out of it and potentially go to Europe and bigger places. What, what do you think you guys can do differently that might aid you rising up and out of basically local local shows Oof. it's a tough one i know yeah oh man yeah. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> why do you think about that then what 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 do you think limits the scene the underground scene because like i said it's packed as hell with so many many great bands it's difficult to find well i say it's difficult but like you know there's a lot of people that it's just like it's like oh i haven't heard of these bands i don't want to pay a fiver a tenner but when most of the time if you just go like a lot of the best gigs that i've been to have just been like the smaller ones just you know a packed sweaty room and it's like you discover a lot of bands that way but i think a lot of people don't like you know something new mm. in a way how do you feel then about like sort of fact that uh i don't know this is guns and roses an example guns and roses will be like oh sweet we're coming back again and it's going to be a stadium tour and it's going to be 120 pound and people are happy enough to drop that and sell it out but a fiver for a local underground band seems to be too much yeah like you like for example, when I go to like local gigs, I, I try and make sure that I can try and get out and see as many bands as I like. But normally, like if there's like for example, I know a friend who's in a band, or like a friend has recommended me a band and they want to go to the gig with me, like I'm more than happy just to check out like a five or ten pounds to go to this gig. So I think it's kind of like if you go on like a free gig, then like if you go out there, you. Do like your first, like if you go to like a new place, for example, like go up to Manchester, and you put on a free gig, people come because it's free, and then you kind of get like that people start to 
see you and then they hear you and if they like you then they'll kind of remember you and then next time you go up there you can charge and they feel like, oh well we heard these guys before we'd quite like to see them again and then you can charge them kind of thing and i think it's kind of just getting that initial like giving a reason for people to actually see you in a way that whereas they may not have a reason it's that awkward word isn't it it's that exposure word and yeah. it sucks, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wanna, I wonder if, it's hard to draw a parallel between us, but when we talk to Aussie bands, Australian bands, uh, they, they have a real problem in their scene when it comes to the smaller local bands and that because the cities are spread apart and so on, you end up playing the same local venues over and over again because it costs too much to go elsewhere and likewise and um, stuff like that. And I can't help but someone's hear that and think that does well obviously we're a lot more packed in and doesn't take you long to travel to other cities but i think it's the same problem we have in that you guys for example or other local bands could do your city and play same clubs every week but after a couple of times people come out well they're here every every couple of months i don't need to go this time is it just a monetary thing money wise it's that you think is likely to limit you and I guess the scene in general, being able to go, all right, we're gonna go to Newcastle, we're gonna go to London, we're gonna go to Glasgow, stuff like that. Huh. Never actually thought about this. <laughs> take, just take the risk. Like, mm, yeah. it's, cause in a way, like being in a band, like obviously it's all about the passion, but at the end of the day, it's also a business. So with any business venture, you've always got to take that initial risk of like, okay, I'm going to put money into this. I may or may not get a return, but if you don't take the risk, then you're not going to get the reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's completely fair. But um, it would just be nice if it wasn't always the bands taking on all that risk, right? That's not, yeah? Definitely. <laughs> I wish... Whoever can come up with the magic answer for how to fix this problem, because I don't see it going away anytime soon, not with the fact that we haven't had live gigs uh, for pretty much a year. Uh, so yeah, if uh, one of you want to come up with that, that plan of how to break out of the underground scene, uh, yeah. I think there'll be a, a sort of a, a boom actually after this is done. Mm. I think uh, people will be more willing to pay five or 10 to go see a band because they, they took it for granted the first time. So now that it was taken away from us for a year, I think people will be willing more to go see live music. So I guess it just depends on the band who cracks it first. So yeah, no, I completely agree. Advantage I, of it. I don't know if you're seeing it as well, but we're kind of getting this influx because obviously, you know, the whole June 21st, 20th thing, uh, We'll get, we're, I'm seeing a lot on social media, a lot of gigs now being planned and local and stuff like that. Are you we actually that? have one booked. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your place? Room? <laughs> but, you know. Okay, guys, well, we'll move on to the next nomination, Dan. We're going to come back to live shows in a little bit. Uh, but nomination number four, and it's down to two of you. Luca Hayden. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Cool. So, uh, one thing that kind of really annoys me is like, when like TV shows, when they start like losing a budget in a way, like they become over ambitious and then they mm. kind of start like towards the end of the series, it kind of dies down a bit. Like I think big one is like Walking Dead. At the beginning, it was amazing. And then it kind of like had like one or two bad se like seasons and then like viewership dropped and the budget dropped. And then you can really tell that. And I think 
also another one is like Game of Thrones. Like, I knew it was coming. Like, <laughs> like obviously, like the last season was like, like they could have at least like, if they had like the time and the budget, they could have easily like split that into like three more seasons, and they probably could have made it a lot better. But it's just like kind of you watch it, you like invested all this time, and then it just kind of fizzles out, and it just a massive disappointment. Do you find it tends to be the uh, American side of shows that does this more? Yeah, mm. I, I I do see it as a good correlation with that. But I mean, like, I think I've, like recently, like with like the Marvel films as well. Like now they're starting to dip into TV shows. Like WandaVision has been absolutely amazing. I haven't watched today's episode yet, but like like the first two episodes are like, okay, what is this? And then like since then it's just been like amazing but like that's only like going to be a short series yeah like it's not there's it's only gonna be the one season which makes it short and sweet i think another a good example is the boys it's been that has been what two such a good now. show yeah i love it one, i love like, it one more season to come out and like they've kind of said we're only having three seasons oh I, I i think it is only going to be three seasons that's what i've heard and like they've kind of like you then base the story around those three seasons and you try and make them as jam-packed as possible and like each episode feels like a, a movie whereas like with something like the walking dead you kind of like okay we're going to split it over like 20 seasons and mm. then like you have like filler episodes which just have no interest and in all that so i find like like i think actually if you set like a season limit like say we're going to do this many seasons then you make it as good as possible yeah, that seems to be uh, what I thought you were getting out there. Yeah, it's the ones that are planned out that we're only going to do this many seasons and we already have the story written compared to, oh, we're just going to keep writing the story until, as uh, you say, viewership drops and that inevitably, and, and cancellation inevitably yeah. follows. Has mean, there been... Um, the Walking Dead actually was planned to finish in season five. Really? They got to Alexandria. Yeah, apparently that like they were actually planning on finishing, but then because it got so big... That they actually sign on to do more seasons, and that's when it started dropping off. You're right, man. That period, I, 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 I could. It was around about that period, maybe the season after that. I just stopped watching. But um, yeah, that that show was shit hot at that time, like super yeah. hot. No, I, I, I've actually like kind of stuck through it, and like there's like more episodes coming out on Monday actually. And mm. like, this is the last season they're doing, season mm. eleven, and like it dropped, but then it started picking back up recently. And because I've also like read the comics and all that, so it's kind of like they get into like a really good part. So I just hope they don't screw it up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if if you're a Game of Thrones fans, Game of Thrones fans, then you would know how easily it is to screw something up royally. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's 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 your fa- I gotta ask then? What has been your most satisfying long-term TV show that you've ever watched? Mm. You can all have you can all have a think of this if you want. Oh satisfying so i'm talking about beginning to end you've come away and gone yep that did not let me down barring obviously the odd episode here and there i'd say always sunny always oh, sunny my... in philadelphia always i think sunny. like every season of that has just been great <laughs> it's on my watch list because there's so many seasons and me and my wife we ain't got much time so we're like we'll get to it eventually we'll get to it eventually oh yeah <laughs> that's great breaking bad oh i was gonna say breaking bad actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean, I've, what a I've show. been watching Better Call Saul, and that that's also good. Awesome. Where are you, Jordan and Hayden? You got anyone? Um. Well, for me, 
do animated series count? Or f well, uh, for me, the, um, it's the Trailer Park Boys animated series. I absolutely love it. Hmm. Honestly, it seems to flow better than the actual live, live action episodes. And for me, it's just funny because they can do a hell of a lot more with it. And it, and and they're not just confined to, of course, what you can do in real life. Of course, when you've got a um, like a cartoon setup, you can do anything, and it is just hilarious. <laughs> awesome. What are you hating? Uh, one to surprise us all with. I'm, I'm really struggling for this one, to be honest. Uh, I, it's actually been quite a while since I've been watching a lot of media and content like that. So. I mean, for the first month of the pandemic, I straight binged every single season I could think of with my sister, just never leaving the couch. But you know, I I kind of got sick of it, and I can't think of any, really. No, well, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I will say one thing about what Luke was saying. Yeah. When a season starts to trail off, you really lose any motivation to want to go back and rewatch even the start part mm. it's just mm. it's like it's a different completely different film and you you remember what the episodes are like but you forget it's that and it's just this distant memory of a good season but when you look at the season or you can associate it with it's the bad ending so it just puts you off so much but yeah, that applies to a lot as well. Like, I mean, I know a lot of, uh, like the show Lost obviously is very, very popular, but a lot <laughs> of people did not like the final episode or at least the final part. I liked it. <laughs> Big fan too, man. Big fan. Yeah, I love that show. I used to watch oh, it every week it would come out. <laughs> I the box set right in front of me on my desk up there. <laughs> there you go. Then. Lost is perfect. Yep. Okay. Shows that go on, uh, go on too long and lose their budget as it goes. That's a nice one. Guys, then, have you been paying much attention to the reaction to what people have heard so far from Brazen Ball? Obviously, the album isn't quite out yet, but you have singles out and about. That reaction, have you been paying attention to it? Yeah, oh, uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Have you found it's, it? It's been really good, actually. Like we, The streams on Spotify have kind of gone way beyond than we expected. Like our latest <laughs> single that we released a week ago today has already hit 2,000 streams on Spotify mm. so it's kind of just been like yeah we just like we've had people message us saying that they really like the music and I mean we've had a message from someone saying that they want to do like a music piece on us for their college course and stuff oh, like that cool. so it's kind of been like over these last few like months when we've been releasing the singles have kind of been just like yeah we just can't wait to get the actual album out if people enjoy these three songs so much uh, I think the album is going to be a, a good release. Have you heard much back from the press side of things then in regards to the actual pre-reviews? Pre we've only heard one, I think. Yeah, we've had like a couple um, of like features and write-ups where we think we've only had one proper review so yeah. far. Yeah. We're getting radio play though, so that's pretty Ooh. cool. That's awesome. That's such an important part of it. People uh, kind of forget how important that is these days. Yeah. Well, guys, tomorrow, as of the time recording, tomorrow 10 a.m. hours, our review goes live. So we'll send it your way once it oh, is. Oh, nice. Yes, oh, indeed. 
Modern band, you guys are modern, man. You are up to date, you're young, you're hip, you're down with the kids, as it were. Which brings us to the burning question that every band gets asked, and it is about the pressures and demands of social media. How as a unit do you think you're, do you think as a unit you're well-versed being a modern band to handle the pressures that come with the desire of a fan base to constantly put out content? As someone who rarely ever posts anything on social media, mm. apart from like reposting band stuff, it's uh, it's really difficult, I'd say, because as soon as any motivation drops, it just goes so long without realizing, and it's really hard to be consistent about this stuff. Yeah. And kind of with Hayden on that, I don't yeah, really definitely. post much on social media either. Like the majority of the reason I have social media is for music stuff. <laughs> is there yeah. have you kind of like dedicated social media roles per band member in the sense that one of you covers Facebook, one of you covers Twitter, that kind of thing? Yeah. It's all the same member, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's, it's mainly like me and Luke that do the uh, social media stuff. Most of the time, yeah. We have the Facebook and Instagram accounts linked up, so whenever we post something on Instagram, it straight away goes on Facebook. And whenever we get tagged in something on Facebook, we always share it and share it about and stuff like that. But I mean, at the beginning of the lockdown, we initially did some like YouTube stuff as well. But like once you kind of like lose the motivation, it's so hard to kind of get back into it, especially with like editing and stuff like that. It takes a lot of time, mm. and it's when when you start. When you don't get like the reward of putting your time and effort in, it's so like demotivating. So it's hard to kind of pick yourself back up from that when it yeah. happens. Yeah, it does. And plus, you've got to somehow navigate the all-important algorithm, be it the YouTube one or the Facebook one. Anybody got any clues how it works? <laughs> Not I don't even think they know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like just put as many hashtags on a post as possible and hope for the best. <laughs> Hashtags and clickbait. <laughs> the one thing that's not come up is consistency. You seem like you got to be consistent and doing it regularly because you know how it works with Facebook. You you refresh your feed and it's gone. Who knows where it's gone, but it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's something you can get better at? Do you think it's something you will get better at? It's really yeah. something you have to get better at. I'd say. Yeah. So I mean, choice in it. Especially over like the lockdowns and that like social media has been very important but like i think once we start getting back to gigging and stuff like that that's where like the motivation will come back because mm -hmm. like you go to shows you then put on a you do your set and all that and then talk to people afterwards and you say oh go follow us on social media and then that's when you can like talk to people outside of gigs as well so you have that extra connection and that's where you have like, all your updates and stuff like that so people really like to you talk to them and say, go follow social media. Then that's where they'll be able to see where you update stuff and where you say, oh, we've got this gig coming on. We've mm. got this line of merch coming out and stuff like that. What about um, during the kind of, I guess the last year and so on, even though you weren't able to be together most of the time, did you uh, have, ever have any interest or intrigue about potentially doing something streaming wise? Because obviously live streams, be it, uh, Facebook live stuff compared to, I don't know, full production shows have been the rage for the last year. Was there ever any interest 
on your front? Uh, we did one when when I initially joined. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say it. It kind of was below our expectations, I guess, because we had a we were gonna we did have an interface and that ended up not working. We we're having technical difficulties and we were trying to work that like two hours for two hours before we started and then we ended up just using a phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean it went alright to be honest, didn't it? Like, yeah, I think it went alright. It's good laugh. Yeah, we got offered a someone offered to manage us afterwards, like just just from us on a little phone. But <laughs> Wow, okay. Did you take them up on their offer? Nah. <laughs> they Yeah, they weren't yeah. They're a right person, but they weren't really the best and they wanted to change things that we did not really want to be changed, but we will not go any further into that. <laughs> oh, I completely understand. That's <laughs> cool. Right, last nomination then before we get Eden, it's you. You're you're it. Oh man. This has come up for me again. Um <laughs> What is it? Uh, anything from the video game horror or rock or metal world that grinds your gears? Well, I'm not a fan of horror. Well, I don't consume horror media particularly. I'm not much of a gamer. Mm. I literally only play one or two games consistently, multiple hours a day, every single day, but you know, only one or two. Um, rock and metal. What would I say? Actually, no. I will go to video games. Okay. It's really the the way that video games have been going. It's it's been going in a, consistently going in a way which has been more on monetizations and making them visually and basically cinematically better. Mm. But it's been greatly at the cost of the story and replayability i would say a lot of games they're only play once toss it aside go to the next thing there's nothing that really makes you want to go back over and over again playing the same thing which because i mainly play mmo rpgs that's what they're all about but throughout that genre there's nothing being new or innovative so we're just stuck there really you know, this, I don't know what point I'm trying to make here, but just, uh, it's been, video games as a business have innovated, but not as an art, I was really what I'm trying to say, and no, it's a shame. I do understand what you're trying to say. There used to be massive leaps and bounds within innovation in the gaming systems and world and all that. For the last decade, arguably, it's been baby steps forward, baby steps. Okay, well, this game's gonna look prettier because it's gonna have more frame frame rate and better frame rate and stuff like that, but innovative ideas. I mean, I'm trying to think what the last one where you were, where we might have been like, oh, wow, we hadn't seen that before. Open world stuff, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely got larger of open worlds, which has been definitely interesting and hmm. a fun experience to have, really. I mean, especially with uh, like the new Assassin's Creed games as well. But yeah, I don't know what to if, say. If I could chime in, I think uh, horror games have actually been kind of taking that because with like the Amnesia series when that came out, like it was it was like straight up survival, 
like running and hiding kind of and then uh silent hills pt came out of course and i think that that matt to me that was innovative because man that was, that was fucking scary <laughs> We had had such a, a, a long period where some horror games were almost a dirty word and Resident mm. Evil and Silent Hill and Dead Space and all of them had gone off in an action orientated way. Yeah. And it seemed like PT kind of revived. It does. I, I know what you're saying, at least on the indie front, there are some. But then it, it's still kind of like it all amounts to the same things. First person jump scares. And as a huge yeah. horror movie fan, that shit drives me nuts after a while. Well, I think Silent Hills was headed in the right direction until mm. they they axed it but i think, I, I think vr games actually might be yeah, I, was, I was gonna say vr as the technology develops more i would say vr is probably going to be the way to go do you, do you think it will actually be because at the moment it's still kind of stuck in the whole uh novelty a bit of a novelty i think it's still yeah it's still in its infancy i think given maybe like the next five to ten years it'll it'll be i think it'll be awesome Definitely I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Because, like, with PlayStation releasing their own VR headset, I think, like, Xbox are in the works of doing one. Mm. And, like, they're now becoming more... They've become... They're starting to make them wireless and stuff like that. So I think, like, probably in, like, the next 10 years, you would see them become more... Like, more accessible to everyone. And then we start seeing more games like Outlast when they... When that first came out, like that was classed as like one of the scariest games, mm. and like having another experience like that where it's just you and a camcorder rather than just shoot and kill. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never tried VR. I've no, I presume you have, yeah. I, I, I've, I've tried it. Yeah, I played um, Resident <laughs> Evil Seven on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys got a few more for you before we disappear for the night march 5th 2021 of course is the release date for brazen bull self-titled debut album we are now in the home stretch i am gonna make the presumption that you are just desperate to get this out or are you still kind of enjoying the ride that comes with this very long build period Nope, get it out there. <laughs> get out. My body is ready. Just do it. <laughs> oh, I just—it's like I think we've all wanted to release it. Just like literally since we got the songs back from students, we're like, no, like after the annoying one, just like, no, we have to do this. We have to do this. And I think everyone's just and yeah, no, we just want it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> Are you kind of musically ready to move on, or have you already moved on? Yeah, I think we've already started writing a few ideas. Mm. Um, they won't come alive until we're all together again. Of course, of course, of course. That's cool. What about plans then for the remainder of 2021? Things you would and hopefully have in the work. Stuff you can discuss, obviously, if you can't, we won't discuss it. I know how this goes. Obviously, with the possibility of live shows later in the year. Is that something you kind of desperately interested in doing getting out there and playing this music live or is it a matter of meeting up when you can and instead working on new new music or both both i think we just can't wait till we can gig like any opportunity to gig we'll take it because as last year like i think someone mentioned before like we've taken for granted doing gigs 
and mm. now we've realized what it's like not to do a gig for a whole year like i mean march 20 march 6th day after our album it marks the one year anniversary since we did our last gig and that kind of just makes me feel like we used to like do gigs as a part where we were doing like gigs like nearly every week mm. and it kind of came like now it's just like we haven't done anything in so long that we just can't wait to get, get out there especially with like our new lineup we really want to like we really believe we can start building a fan base and just putting on some hella shows you think you might have some anxiety when the opportunity first gets back on that, to get back on that stage nah. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> there will be some build up <laughs> Do you have anything in the works for 2021 yet? It's 2021 this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that part of the year. Let's uh, let's go with the idea that from June the 21st, everything is open and everyone's rocking out. Anything in the works yet, or is it still all just wait and see? We've uh, we've got one gig booked at the moment for that's like May the 22nd. So that's like a socially distanced one in oh, Ipswich. Oh, it's going to be socially distanced, yeah? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, being put on by Dead Soul Promotions in Ipswich. But, um, yeah, just trying to get any opportunity we can. Um, maybe putting on a couple of our own. But who knows, really? We're just going to have to try and just hope for the best. It's a... Like everyone. So watch this space as always, right? Definitely. So this socially distanced show... How do you feel about that? Because uh, people are varying views in it. Now, I mean, I, I, in October last year, went to one show and it was a social distance one and it was a black metal band. So it was quite freaky to be in that experience. <laughs> um, what's your thoughts on it? Oh man, it's gonna How be weird. It <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be odd. Like you, t you, especially like comparing it to our last gig where it was just like the entire show, there was a mosh pit at the front going to everyone has to sit separately at their tables now but can't really tell everybody to tear this pit up now <laughs> can't sit in front in a restaurant. Uh, it's just that I can't be in the shoes of you guys on stage and your song ends and what should be a quite a hyperactive moment just gets that whole people are sitting at a table and happy but it is effectively a, a <laughs> round of applause uh, I mean this would be fine if we were a prog band but you know <laughs> we're not quite there yet uh, I'm sure we uh, you know what here's the thing I'm I'm sure we weird leading up to it the moment you're on the stage just to be back on the stage regardless will be such an incredible moment that and even for people watching oh yeah yeah great. So last but not least, guys, then, what's a realistic goal that you would like to see Brazen Ball accomplish, let's say, by the end of this year? Um, probably just more gigs. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah, just, like, just more gigs, yeah. Just a like, handful of gigs, really. Of keep growing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah. It's keep growing. Grand base. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah be able to sell out a few like local venues which are close to our hearts be like being able to like sell those out would mean a lot to us mm. so just being able to focus and try and get to the fan base where we can do that and then years on that we expand bigger venues bigger targets bigger goals yeah that's awesome yeah. guys that's it that's it well all done it does take a little while to get through it 
But uh, we are, we're all wrapped up. Thank you for taking the time to do this with me. No, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?